This is SAFM Sport. Sport on on SAFM. Hello, hello, hello. A warm welcome to it. Not quite the voice that you're used to, right? A little higher pitched than usual. I'm Romy Titus. I am standing in for Tabiso Musia on Sport on right here on SAFM. And before I even give you the lineup of what it is, uh, the sport for thought that we'll be digesting on the show today, I'd like to say congratulations to Tabiso Musia for scooping that SAB presenter of the year earlier this week. And if that isn't pressure, then I don't know <laughs> what is. But you and I are going to have fun for the next hour. So please don't forget, we are interactive. Very, very simple on Twitter. It's at SAFM Radio. Or you can use the hashtag SAFM Sport on our email, sport at SAFM.co.za. Give us a buzz, please. We'd love to hear from you. 0891104207. Our SMS line is 41391. What's up line for those voice notes? 0614104107. And yeah, let's keep... That hashtag SAFM Sport on trending. So let me let you in on what it is that we're going to digest, talk about, dissect for the next hour. Uh, we will be going to Saudi Arabia as we get the latest ahead of the world heavyweight title. That fight between Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua. I just think Joshua has a lot of pressure on his shoulders at the moment. If he doesn't win this fight, it's also been dubbed the fight of the year by the boxing promoter Eddie Hearn as Joshua attempts to recapture uh, the world title. Remember what happened on June the 1st, and that shocked everybody. So this is the rematch. We will be speaking to Mike Coppinger, who is the boxing insider for The Athletic, as well as a co-host of the Pug and Cobb Boxing Show. So that is coming your way in a short while. We'll also be speaking to the Nelson Mandela Foundation ahead of the Mandela Remembrance Walk and Run that is happening this weekend. And remember, it has three run categories, 5-kilometer, 10-kilometer, as well as a 21-kilometer. And Actually, you know, chatting to the producer Katlejo a short while ago, we just realized it is six years to the day today since Mandela's passing. And it actually gives me goosebumps as I say that because I go back six, year, six years and I think, where was I? I was actually at um, the golf challenge out at Sun City. And when this news hit me, the world completely changed and in his memory not only do ordinary citizens of South Africa take to the streets but it's also um, the pro athletes why do they do this I mean your Gerda Steins your Shanae Bosmans um, comrades winners uh, they rally up uh, footballers um, and it's a walk which which holds a, a lot of weight uh, with a lot of memories. And so where were you? Please hit me up on our social media and let me know where were you when the news first hit you of his passing. But I know that a lot of people will be expected out of the union buildings. And I wonder if the weather is going to cause a bit of a dampener. I know the Valdam might be happy, but everybody who's registered might not. And then we round off the show with SABC sports reporter, the very famous Veli Lim Nyandu, as we look ahead to the CAF Champions League between Widad Casablanca and Mamalori Sundowns. A lot has been said in the media. Pitsumo Simani has come out also to say that his big wigs are going to be there, the strength that he needs. And others are saying also biggest rivalries on the continent. Do you agree with that? These teams having played each other eight times since 2017 and Downs have never won away from home against the North Africans. So a lot is at stake here, but also for Sundowns. I mean, your Musa Labusa, your Dennis Onyango, um, 
Tembezwane, will he be back? Tapelo Morena, those are just a few of the players whose names I'll throw into the fold. So I know that Vilila has some inside information and we will also be trying to get an inside from the captain. We're trying our best to do that. So all of that and more coming up on the show today. And as I said, please don't forget, nothing changes. I might be in the driving seat, but our Twitter handle remains at SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFM Sport on. And please give me a buzz, 0891-104-207. Hashtag SAFM Sport on. Well, Mike Coppinger now joins us. He is on the line and uh, we're going to chat to him about that big fight out in Saudi Arabia. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Time for us now to get in the ring. Mike Coppinger is out in Saudi Arabia. He is boxing insider for The Athletic and co-host of the Pag and Cop Boxing Show. Mike, a warm welcome and thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you so much for having me. Let's talk about word on the street out in Saudi Arabia at the moment. What are the locals saying about this big fight come the weekend? Seems like people are really excited about it. There's a really young demographic in Saudi Arabia that's shown an interest in boxing. And they've showed a lot of money out to bring the fight here. The fight was originally going to be headed to Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. But Mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia came with a big offer of in excess of 60 million U.S. dollars bring the big fight here. And there's a lot of excitement. A lot of excitement indeed. I mean, and it is a first. It's a first world, <clears throat> I beg your pardon, heavyweight title fight in Saudi. So is everyone coming out in their numbers? Is excitement as I would think it is? Everybody just wants to be there. Definitely seems that way. While there have been a couple of other fights like you mentioned here, this is far and away the biggest fight that they've ever had here. This is the biggest fight of 2019 globally, mm. and I would say one of the biggest heavyweight title fights of this century. So, a huge deal to have it here, and what's incredible is that they built a purpose-built, uh, purpose-built yeah. arena on a UNESCO heritage site. There's only, like, I think, 878 such sites in the world. They built that, that, that arena in about five weeks' time, and they have to actually tear it down after the fight. But I was at the arena yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible site. It holds around 15,000 feet. Open air and should be a great venue for a big fight. It is going to be great. I mean, like you said, 15,000 seater stadium at the Diria Arena. You spoke to Anthony Joshua last night after the main press conference. And is it safe to say that he's going for revenge? He needs to because to lose again to Andy Ruiz Jr., I mean, he's going to lose a lot. He's not going to just lose the fight. But he's not going to be the same star that he's been, where he's selling out 90,000 seats in England at Wembley Stadium and just this huge global star with all these endorsement deals. Mm-hmm. Because who is Anthony Joshua if he loses twice to a guy who has the physique of Andy Ruiz, right? Because that's the perception. <laughs> he needs this fight to stay relevant. What if it doesn't go his way? Because I was also thinking, doesn't Anthony Joshua have the upper hand based on the height of Ruiz? But Ruiz told him a lesson or two the last time they fought. So isn't it, isn't it safe even to say from what everybody is saying that it should go Joshua's way? Uh, I'm not so sure. Every, everyone I've spoken to, you know, trainers, boxing, insiders, promoters, they really don't have a good handle on who's going to win. This is one of the rare fights where I, too, of course I'm wrong plenty of times, but I always feel like I know who's going to win, and I just don't know this time. Andy Ruiz is a really good fighter, 
who just hadn't had been underachieving for a long time. He has exceptionally quick hands. He's a powerful puncher. Has quick feet too. And after he, he took Anthony Joshua's best shot in that first fight in June, got up off, off the canvas, and then just took the fight to Joshua. It was too much for him. Hmm. I don't know if Joshua has it. Yeah, it's going to be tough to, to, to say. It does, he doesn't it, and we're going to have to wait for the weekend for that one. But apart from just their fighting styles, who are these people? Anthony Joshua versus Ruiz. I know that um, Andy flew his family to Saudi and that they're there to, to support him. They're in his corner. Yeah, this is the biggest moment of both guys' careers. Anthony Joshua, like you said, such a big star. And Andy Ruiz was sort of an afterthought up until he got the call to fight Anthony Joshua in Joshua's U.S. debut in June. He scored a huge upset. He was a 15-to-1 underdog. And now here he is making $9 million by far a career high. And Joshua's making a ton more money. So um, it, it's just such a monstrous event. And it's a real scene being here in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. I've been watching the press conferences and everything on the television, and you know that stare-off that they have. There seems to be respect between these fighters, but is there a lot of trash-talking going on? Not at all. Like you said, a ton of respect between both guys. And it was funny, yesterday at the press conference afterward on the roof, Anthony Joshua jokingly said to Andy Ruiz, hey, so how would you fight me? How, how do I beat you? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a funny because when they had the press conference in New York in June, Joshua strangely gave Andy Ruiz the title and let him hold it. And yesterday, Andy Ruiz was asked if he would let Joshua hold the title, and he said, you know, heck no. There's no way I would ever let him do that. But a lot of respect. Both guys are nice guys, and I just hope for a great fight. It's going to be a great fight, uh, without a doubt. I mean, we already just spoke about which way is it going to go. You're saying maybe not the Joshua way, but a lot is at stake for Anthony Joshua. If he doesn't win here, where does he go? Uh, is it, a, I guess, back to the drawing board, as we say, and, and a rehash and a relook at his career? Yeah, he has so much to lose. And Andrew Ruiz has said over and over again that all the pressure's on Anthony Joshua, and I have to agree with him. Because, like, like you said, if Joshua loses, he's going to have to take a long time off probably, go fight a couple of confidence-building fights. And I think that's the big storyline here is where is Anthony Joshua's confidence? This is a guy who was knocked out and was bathed around the ring, wandering around. People say he quit. Andy Ruiz says he quit. And where is his psyche at? Because, as we know, boxing is such a big mental warfare game. From just the boxing people that you've spoken to, uh, the, the, who, who, I mean, would you again just say that Ruiz is really um, the winner? Because if you take a look at media, also Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, they've all said that Ruiz will win again. Pain seems to be split from everyone I've spoken to, but I, I guess if I had to say, probably a, a bit more people are leaning toward Ruiz just because he did it one time already. And he's a guy that was highly touted, you know, when he was a prospect coming up the ranks. So this isn't some guy who just, you know, scored one lucky punch like Joshua suggested. You know, he threw a lot of those punches that hurt Joshua. And it's heavyweight boxing, one punch carrying the fight. But he has a lot of tools, really quick hands, mm-hmm. great angles. This is a guy who's in boxing since he's six years old. And... Let's not forget, he fought Joseph Parker in New Zealand 
in December 2016, and a lot of people thought he won that fight. That was for a heavyweight title. So this guy belongs here. Look, boxing, you can't talk about boxing without talking about money because going to Saudi, it could have stayed in the UK, it could have gone to the US, but it is in Saudi Arabia where they've actually gone and spent the money to build this arena. And then if you take a look at the amount of money that AJ is set to pocket, it's reported $85 million. Andy Ruiz Jr. will get $13 million. And how is that possible? Because Ruiz is the champ. Contracts because going uh, in the first fight, Joshua was the big star. Ruiz was given this fight on short notice after original opponent Jarrell Miller tested positive for three different banned substances. So Ruiz takes the fight on short notice, and he was set to make full money in the first fight. Joshua made well over thirty million US, and the, these fights, these fights have rematch clauses. And in the event of an upset like this, so the the purse was already set out in that rematch clause, and Joshua is the, benef- is the benefactor now with his big fight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who have the Saudi fans warmed up to better? Is it AJ or is it Andy Ruiz? Definitely seems to be AJ. AJ is the big star. He's such a you know he's a good looking guy. Looks like he's looks like a Greek god the way he was. <laughs> but Andrew Ruiz is the man of the people, and I know Ruiz has been visiting orphanages and doing a lot of charity work. He's been out here for a few weeks. He's been enjoying his time, and this is just such a big sporting event. I mean, I know Saudi Arabia has Formula One and you know football here and a lot of other things, but there's just something about a heavyweight title fight that seems to galvanize the area. You've been to many a fight. What are you looking forward to most from the weekend? Just excited to be at a different locale for a fight like this where you really just don't know what's going to happen. So often in boxing, we have these matchups where we say, okay, well, if so-and-so wins, who does he fight next? Mm-hmm. Well, we think we know who's going to win. And this is one of the rare times where we don't think we know who's going to win, and we're not looking to what's next. We're looking forward to Saturday. And if Steve Andrew Ruiz can remain champion, or if it can be like a lot of other heavyweight champions who are upset. You know, Lennox Lewis, of course, was upset in South Africa by Hakeem Rahman. And then in the rematch, a couple of months later, he was so racist. And then you never hear from Hakeem Rahman again, really. Although he is out here, actually, at the fight. <laughs> Amazing. But another guy, Buster Douglas, Buster Douglas, knocks out Mike Tyson and then never scores another significant victory. So is Andy Ruiz going to go down with those guys? Or is he going to really make a name for himself? and become a big star. Mm-hmm. The closest I'm going to get to Saudi Arabia is chatting to you, Mike. So thank you very much for your time tonight. Thank you so much. More than welcome. We apologize there for the delay chatting to Mike Coppinger as he is out in Saudi Arabia getting ready for that big fight. AJ, that's Anthony Joshua, up against Andy Ruiz uh, this weekend. Joshua defeated once in 23 fights, winning 22, 21 of those by TKO. Andy Ruiz Jr. fought 34 times, winning 33, 22 have been by TKO. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're talking about that remembrance walk out in Swanee, Pretoria this weekend. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. 
You're listening to Sport On with me, Romy Titus, in for Tabiso Musia on this rather wet and rainy Thursday out here in Johannesburg. If you're chilly, well, we hope to warm it up. It's 19.22, so we still have lots of time left to play. We are interactive. Please get in touch at sport at sfm.co.za. If you want to send through an email on Twitter, follow us at SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFM Sport On. When I started the show, I said today... To this date is the 5th of December. Think back six years, and this is the very day that the news hit the world, the entire world, that Nelson Mandela had passed away. And he also spoke about sport and what sport is able to do. Here he is as we commemorate and think back of a great man, a leader, a world icon. Uh, Nelson Mandela was at the Laureus World Sports Awards out in Monaco, and this is what he had to say about sport. I am happy to be with you tonight at the first Laureus World Sports Award. Sport has the power to change the world. It has the power to inspire. It has the power to unite people in a way that little us does. It speaks to youth in a language they understand. Sport can create hope where once there was only despair. It is more powerful than governments in breaking down racial barriers. It laughs in the face of all types of discrimination. And that was just going back to uh, the Laureus World Sports Awards out in Monaco, where Nelson Mandela addressed the crowds. The 2020 edition of the Laureus World Sports Awards happens on the 7th of February, and that is going to be happening in Germany. But a man, a name that's still very relevant today. And we now talk about the Nelson Mandela Remembrance Walk and Run. It takes place this Sunday as part of the Nelson Mandela Foundation's 20th anniversary celebrations. And like I said, a lot of sports stars, former Bafana captain Arun Mukwe, will be a part of the race and also former races also we've seen Stephen Makoka, Shanae Bosman, Ludwig Mamabola all take part and to tell us more about this Luzuko Koti, Nelson Mandela Foundation Communications Director now joins us. Luzuko, a warm welcome to the show and thank you for your time. Good evening Romy, thank you very much for having us. It's good to have you. It boasts three different race categories. It's 5 kilometer, 10 kilometer, as well as 21 kilometers. How many people are we expecting this weekend out at the union buildings? We have already registered over 10,000 people mm-hmm. uh, who have, uh, since we made this call, uh, responded to say they want to participate in a walk and run that remembers, that celebrates the men that uh, changed our cause in South Africa uh, forever, Mm -hmm. Nelson Mandela. Mm -hmm. As we know that we have this uh, commemorative walk and run, we've held it since uh, the following year after he passed, uh, as a way to say uh, we will always remember Jenny, he traveled every day as he lay in state in the Union buildings between Khosimampuru prison and the Union building. Uh, that particular journey, people continue to walk that in symbolizing 
their memory of the men that uh, brought us the kind of uh, dreaming of Africa mm. that we all think we still do today. Definitely. So yes, 10,000 people uh-huh. uh, have registered on our database, but I think uh, more and more people are coming, especially now that uh, we are nearing the date. We have only today and tomorrow before the race. So, so two more days ahead of Sunday, because obviously you've got to lock down that number. But for those who are still interested, you know, the late bloomers, those that have woken up a little late, how do they go ahead and register? And is there a fee? They can go onto our website at the Nelson Mandela Foundation website. It's www.nelsonmandela.org. And, and you will find a link that directs you to the walk and run site. Or you can directly go straight to the walk and run site, which is www.mandelawalkandrun.com. Those two websites are, are easy access. They give you all the information you need. You can pay to participate in the walk and run a hundred rand fee, mm-hmm. uh, and that contributes to the work of the Nelson Mandela Foundation, but also contributes to the organizing of the event itself. So we are still open for people who. Uh, have uh, just heard about this, uh, and uh, between today and tomorrow, which is Friday, uh, are the only days where we can still take on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, it, it, it is a process to process uh, uh, registered people so that they participate in the work, put them in the, in the system, prepare numbers for them, as well as uh, um, uh, packs that, uh, that include a, a, a jersey or a t-shirt mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. will wear to uh, to walk or to run and of course there's a different ones for the runners and there's different ones for the workers yeah, and yeah. We, as well as other uh, logistical arrangements so we really need to close this by tomorrow that is why we need that uh, that lead time why what is the maximum what is your capacity for this walk run our look, we we have always said that uh, this is one one walk and run that we probably will find difficult as it grows uh, to limit to a particular number. But we are guided largely by the city of, of course, the emergency people who have uh, who, who help us to plan these mm. months and months and months. The first year we started this walk and and run at the time it was just a walk and a 10-kilometer run uh, with about 5,000 people, and now we've doubled that number. Um, and, and we are still looking at probably going to about 15,000. But that kind of guidance will come from uh, planners and, and, of course, emergency people to say what can the city handle, given the number of people who can participate, given the spaces within the city, and, of course, making sure that, uh, you know, uh, not just the people, but the environment in the city of Tswane itself uh, is, is, is able to cater and, uh, and accommodate the numbers that are strong in yeah. the city. Yeah. You mentioned that 100 rand fee. Is that a flat fee for 5, 10, as well as 21 kilometers? Or does the fee go up depending on the amount of Ks you're clocking? No, no, no. The, the, the fee is a fee that uh, is prompted uh, as, you, and, as you register on the site for all uh, the participants and all the, the, the different categories. <clears throat> so what we try to do is to make sure that all those who participate um, are not limited by by particular, should I say, by by uh, the amount of fee they have to pay. So that round fee 
is mainly to enter, but people make this decision on their own personal and physical mm-hmm. capacity mm-hmm. as to what race or, or walk they will obviously participate in. Note that the walk is only five kilometers and the races are those of 10 and 21 kilometer half marathon. Noting also that there are both professional runners who run races and so on, but all of that allows everybody to run, I mean, to spend uh, or to, to contribute same amount of money uh, to be able to participate in the race. Mm-hmm. What can everybody, all the participants, uh, look forward to on, on Sunday? And I know the weather's a little bad in Gauteng. Is that a, a bit of a, a bother for you, Lizuko? Well, the weather will be amazing on Sunday. We are quite positive about that based on what we've been able to see. Of course, today and a couple of days ago, it has been quite gloomy and wet. Mm. But we are uh, excited because the program is quite inclusive. And uh, it's quite diverse uh, to include um, a, 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 a very, very important part of the event in the beginning of the replaying at the statue of Madiba at the Union Buildings, which will be led definitely by the, by the Minister of Sports and Recreation uh, here in Gauteng. And that is an important uh, aspect of this because it symbolizes the very uh, uh, respect and the very honor to the values of Madiba that we have uh, as we mark the event, as we kick off the event. And of course, at that time, the, the long distance, which is the, the, the 21 kilometers, mm-hmm. will have obviously have started their race. And of course, the 10 kilometers will start just after that event uh, at about uh, half past seven to eight o'clock. And, and, and the walkers will be the late starters. Because, of course, they finish much quicker. (laughs) So the point we're making here is that uh, it's an inclusive event. It's got quite a few things that people can participate in. Uh, And, of course, the entertainment that comes after that and a few speeches that will come from particularly uh, the the leaders uh, of government, Mm -hmm. uh, of course, uh, some of the leaders of society and some of our celebrities. Luzuko, I hope you're walking on on Sunday. Are you walking? Which one did you register for? I registered for the 10-kilometer run. I love it. Uh, the, 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 the difficulty for me is that I wanted to do the 21 kilometers, but unfortunately I've had to be part of the uh, proceedings and the ceremonies of replaying and so on, mm-hmm. and I will have missed the, the early start of the, lo- of the longer distance. But you so know what they unfortunately, say. Unfortunately, I couldn't do that. There's always a next time, right? There will be. Yes. For me, and I hope colleagues can stand in for me in the formality so I can do the right. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Lizuka, thank you very much for chatting to us and all the best for Sunday's race. More than welcome. Lizuko Koti there as Nelson Mandela Foundation Communications Director. So go onto the foundation's website. If it is that you want to still participate in this race, three run categories, you can walk 5K, run 10 or 21 kilometers. And I did ask you, please go ahead, send me through uh, some voice notes on our WhatsApp number, which is 0614104107. Tell me where you were the day the news hit. Like I said, it's six years to the day since the passing of Nelson Mandela. And I get goosebumps. I remember where I was so vividly. Um, so going through to some of the voice notes now, um, Mandela, his legacy, and it lives on. Uh, very good evening to you, ma'am, and to the listeners. You know, you're talking about the great icon of the world. There's three statements of his I will never forget. I will live with forever and ever. The first one is, 
Of course, you mentioned it earlier on. Sport has the ability to unite the world. The second one is that nobody is born hating another person. People are taught to hate. And if they can be taught to hate, then they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the heart. And the third one is, he is, that is Mr. Mandela, totally against white domination. And he is totally against black domination. Could you please play those phrases of his? I'd love to hear it again. Thank you. Bye. More than welcome and keep it locked. Good right. evening once again. Just to remind you, you know the first of... Uh, we're going to uh, more of those voice notes a little later in the show. And a big thank you to the gentleman who sent through that voice note. I will try and play it uh, again. As he said, he wants to hear uh, that speech out of the Laureus World Sports Awards by Nelson Mandela. Uh, and we'll do our best uh, to do just that. So please go ahead. We're interactive. Hashtag SAFM Sport on. And also you can give us a buzz. 0891104207. That WhatsApp number again. 0614104107. As I welcome now Arun Mukwena to the show. Arun, it's always good to have you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Mubami. Um, good evening to you and um, to your listeners. Thank you for making time. Nelson Mandela, Remembrance Walk and Run. Why is it important for you to be a part of this? Um, Romy, for me, it's very important uh, because one has been so privileged to uh, with the old man and um, get some some advices and then of course i mean um, for me i think uh, he created a path as well for us uh, to be able to travel the world um, and of course i mean to bring people together and try to to send that spirit of uh, ubuntu you know in south africa one mm. man that um, uh, you know, um, but do you but think, so, Aaron, just to interrupt you there, do you think that we still have that spirit of Ubuntu? Is it alive? Um, I think to some, yes. I mean, we do get it. Uh, we do understand that we need to, you know, to have that spirit of Ubuntu. But of course, I mean, we still have um, uh, people who still don't get it. Um yeah, um, and um, I think really if one can really understand that what the old man has been through um, to really send that spirit of Ubuntu, um, that actually will make South Africa the best, um, the best country ever. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I mean, um, I have been so fortunate myself uh, through, you know, um, the old man to be able to travel the world and... Um, you know, experience different cultures. Yeah. And, um, and of course, again, to meet him, uh, you know, um, I have a chat with him. Um, I managed to give him, you know, um, a present on his 91st birthday. Lucky you. Um, oh, yes. I mean, I think I managed to meet, the, you know, the old man four or five times. Um, uh, and he's always been so humble. So, um, and really, I mean, you know, what really inspires me to go and do this walk and run, um, it's because that, um, you know, he's been, I, I felt that um, Ubuntu spirit from him. I mean, um, you know, uh, one man that has been so tortured, and he came back and said, um, forgive them, yeah, um, yeah. rather learn from them. 
You what know, was that um, present that you gave him for his birthday, the 91st? What was it? Um, I gave him a Bafana Bafana a shirt. Um, and, and of course, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it was a kind of get, if, if I can say that. Um, and it was absolutely, you know, um, wonderful experience and prestige for mm-hmm. me to to hand on old men such a present. Yeah, you had the honor. Like you said, five times you get to meet, chat, and shake the hand of a world icon. But on Sunday, what race are you doing? Because I know you're still keeping fit. So tell me you're doing the uh, half half marathon. I'm, 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 going, I'm going to make you laugh a bit. <laughs> last, uh, two years back, um, I did the five, you know, uh, five <laughs> kilometers just to walk yeah. because I had to accompany my, uh, you know, my fiancé. And then um, when we when we finished, I was so embarrassed to see um, <laughs> um, <yeah, laughs> Galusha Balwa, um, and I asked him, "What did you do?" Uh-huh. He said, "I ran ten kilometers." <laughs> so this year, I thought, "No way, there is no chance that Galusha Balwa will." Uh, will beat me on this one. So I'm doing 10 kilometers this year. This year, 10 kilometers. Next year, yes. 21 kilometers. Aaron, I'm going to ask you to stay <laughs> to stay on the line for me. We're going to pay the bills very quickly. And when we come back, we find out all about your life currently and what you're up to. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. And I'm Romy Titus in for Tabisa Musia on this Thursday. It's 22, the top of the hour. And we are chatting to Aaron Mokwena, former Bafana Bafana skipper. And we're talking about the Remembrance Walk and Run in honor of Nelson Mandela, uh, orchestrated by the Nelson Mandela Foundation. It is happening on Sunday, the 8th of December. So if it is that you want to sign up, 5, 10 and 21 kilometers, that is what's up for grabs. So you can go onto the foundation's website and that is how you register. 10,000 people have already done so. So Aaron uh, McQuinnah is back on the line. Aaron, we, we spoke about you doing 10 cases here and then 21 in 2020. Are we agreeing to that? No, it's a challenge and the challenge that uh, I will be absolutely looking forward to and more especially doing it for the old men and um, it's a deal, Romy. It's a deal <laughs> next year, 21 kilometers. <laughs> I'm coming to find you. Watch me. But <laughs> Aaron, life after football, has it been what it is you dreamt it would be? Or has it been far harder? Um, I think really it's, um, it's been very interesting um, uh, uh, for me, I think, for the fact that I have lived in Europe for years, for more than a decade, you know, change of um, systems, coming back home. And trying obviously to get to know who's who, you know. I mean, I I, I tend to realize that to be able to do things or to get involved in um, in things in South Africa, you need to know people. It mm-hmm. uh, does not matter actually how um, how much um, you know achievements you have or who are you, but you need to know who's who. Mm. So yeah, at the moment actually, um, I've been in talks with. Um, Morocco Swilos. Right. Uh, we actually sharing, you know, the same vision, and um, yeah, um, hopefully January I'll be starting with them to be head of scouting department, and we have the Aaron Mukwena Sports Academy, mm-hmm. uh, which is really for me that is an NPO. Um, basically, it's all about really developing this um, 
um, youngsters yeah, and uh, yeah. try to give them the opportunities that we had. Um, I'm, I also have my own company, um, Arun Deboho A Project, which is a supply and delivery project and company. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also the brand ambassador for uh, Soweto Gold um, and Heineken. So yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of uh, what yeah. I'm doing. You're a busy man. You're a busy man, <laughs> and it's good to keep busy. But let's go back. You said something interesting about in South Africa to get ahead, you need to know somebody. So the names of David and Panyaza, if I can throw that in there, are those two names that you really needed to know in order to be considered for head of scouting. Um, I didn't think that, uh, sorry. I mean, uh, you said you needed to know big names, like Panyaza Lusufi, that's a big name, you know. Is that oh, yeah. your connect? Is that the people that you shared your vision with in order to be considered by Morocco Swallows? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I have met with um, Panyaza Lusufi, and um, we had a lengthy chat with him uh, when he was in a process of... Um, uh, when they were in the process of getting, you know, Moragaswalos back in NFD. And uh, we shared, you know, um, the same sentiment in terms of, um, you know, um, coming to help. And um, and I was so happy, as we know, that uh, Moragaswalos is quite a huge uh, brand mm-hmm. and uh, they have a fantastic history. So, yes, I'm getting to know Panyagal Sufi. I managed to know, you know, um, uh, the the chairman as well, the CEO as well, and um, yeah, I think that's exactly what I said that uh, you need to know people to get to know, to get to be able to you know to uh, to plow back yeah. if you like yeah. uh, your experience. So is, yes, um, is head of scouting though really what you want to do? Is that where your passion lies in football? Um. Um, for me, um, administration is where actually I wanted to get involved into, uh, but obviously football. Um, I know that, uh, you know, most um, ex-footballers, they tend to be coaches. Um, that, for me, it was a secondary, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I really thought that being in administration or doing exactly the, you know, um, talent identification, uh, that was, um, you know, something that was close to my heart as well, as um, I mentioned, the Arunquena Sports Academy, uh, which we're doing the same as well. So, um, yes, I think um, I'll, I'm quite happy that, um, you know, um, I'll be joining Swallows and I'll be trying to help uh, to get them to PSL um, together, obviously, with uh, the technical staff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, to answer your question... Um, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite delighted to be, uh, to be part and parcel of, um, of Well, we will be giving you a call the minute you occupy that seat officially in January as head of scouting for Morocco Swallows. Aaron Mukwena, a big thank you for joining us on the show tonight. Okay, Romy, thank you so much, and I have a pleasant um, Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you very much. Likewise to you and your family. Former Bafana Bafana skipper Arun Mokwena chatting to us about the Remembrance Walk. He will be doing 10 kilometers this year and 21 next year. I was just laughing. Kalusha Bwawa doing 10 kilometers last year. And as you can see, the big names that this walk run really does attract. And it's about people coming together, I guess for the greater good, feeling that Ubuntu spirit, but also remembering the name Nelson 
Nelson Mandela. Another two names we should remember is Mamalodi Sundowns uh, and Wida Casablanca. How is that going to go down? Velile Mnyandu tells us in a short while. Prime time all day long. 12 minutes to 8 o'clock. I'm Romy Titus on Sport On Right here on SAFM in for Tabisa Musia on this Thursday. We're talking football now and uh, CAF Champions League. What is uh, happening there? Vilile Mnyandu, now SABC sport reporter, joins me on the line. Vilile, always good to chat and a warm welcome. Uh, good evening, Romain, also to SFM listeners. If you go down a memory lane, eight times these teams have played since 2017. Is this becoming one of the biggest rivalries on the continent? I think it's developing into one. Um, you will recall that uh, we are only admitted into international, uh, readmitted, in fact, into international football only in uh, 1992. Mm-hmm. And since then, um, there's only been two teams that we can say uh, from a Southern point of view have represented us well, uh, especially at Champions League level, uh, Orlando Pirates and Norway uh, to Sundowns. Um, but we, yes, Sundowns has won uh, the title, uh, Pirates has also won the title, but we cannot really look at the biggest rivalries because some biggest rivalries, uh, there's the Asante Kotokos of this world, there's the mm-hmm. Assemblies of this world, um, which have been building their case um, at this level for a number of years. But I think if we look in the last decade, because now we're talking about the, uh, the decade, I think um, in, 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 in only three years, um, this game is developing uh, into something else. So we look at that, mm-hmm. Sundowns won the title uh, in 2016, and the following year, um, we at Casablanca won their second Club uh, Champions League title. So there, uh, you can see that uh, at least these two teams, uh, they've been building a case for themselves. Yeah. And yes, uh, I mean, in terms of the rivalry, uh, I would say it's building into one of the most interesting ones on the continent. Yeah, definitely exciting for the fans. But how much of Sundowns as a way record against Weedad has to do with the hostile atmosphere of their fans and because of the stands uh, w- will be packed once again, without a doubt? Oh yes, I think that one is uh, is very interesting. As you as you said, uh, if you look at um, the eight matches they've won, um, Sundowns have only won two of those games. Widad have won four of them. Yes, and uh, all the four games they've won, they've been at home because and there's there's been two draws. And you see, with uh, with African football, it's very difficult to play away from home uh, because of some hostilities uh, that are there. Uh, sometimes the treatment. But um, most of the time, uh, I've heard uh, what coach people always tells us, that uh, you ignore what is happening off the field and ask me about what is happening uh, on, the field, on, on the field of play, because that's what, that's what matters. Yeah. Um, the conditions uh, off the field don't play football. Mm. And, 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 and also, uh, I think to support that, uh, in our case, Orlando Paris lifted uh, their maiden Af- uh, African Champions Cup title away from home in Abidjan. Sundowns lifted their maiden uh, club Champions League title uh, in Alexandria, uh, in Egypt, not even uh, at home. So uh, I think our players, especially uh, the the senior Sundowns players, they understand what is at stake. Yeah. That they, I mean, I think the last time Sundowns went there, Peter Mosumane was met by a banner. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. a banner of... Um, uh, we had fans uh, who were responding to him. Yeah, some of yeah. the comments he had made here in South Africa. But at the same time, 
there's also a lot of mutual respect as well mm. Um, mm. that Sundowns um, has managed to, to, to get uh, from 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 the, from the North African clubs, especially there in in, in Casablanca. Sundowns is going there as just at a time when another top. Moroccan club is on its way back, Racha Casablanca. And I understand that coming to this game, they've got a huge backing from yeah. Racha Casablanca. And recently, Racha Casablanca eliminated Widat uh, from a local competition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you take a look at these teams, Widat are without a win in their last three games. Sundowns have won their last three games in all competitions. If you take a look at the stats that's on the table, how do you dissect that? What do you make of that? If we can make anything of it going into this, well, look, you look at the stats and um, you acknowledge them, but don't take anything away from the rivalry that we're talking about. Um, you know, there are games, it's like in, in, the, in the derby here at home. They would say, um, with, with the derby, it doesn't matter what happened in the previous matches. It's, it's a new game altogether. And knowing that um, between the two teams, there's mm-hmm. VSM, Algeria, and there's also Petro de Luanda as well. But they know very well that uh, the rivalry between Sundowns and Widat, it's, there's a lot at stake. And I, I think it was also uh, a very good strategy uh, from Pito Monsumane to rest all his senior players. Yes. Obviously, he was also forced uh, to put aside uh, Trump because he was uh, finishing uh, his uh, formation suspension as well. But to rest his senior players, because this is where you're going to meet the mental strength, especially in, in this game. And also, it's looking for that elusive win uh, when we look at uh, what is going to meet him at um, Mohammed Aziz, um Stadium. Mm-hmm. So, for me, that is what is interesting when it, when it comes to this one. Ignore uh, the previous results and knowing Sundowns, uh, because Sundowns, for me, is one of the teams uh, with the best scouting and network in terms of national performance analysis, uh, player tracking. Um, what Sundowns does is that they will follow your last five matches and they will make sure that the last three matches, they will follow the last five in terms of your analysis and what, yeah. but the last three matches, they follow you at the stadium. Mm-hmm. So rest assured that the three games that you're talking about, Sundowns are watching them and they already know what to expect. Yeah, so is it safe to say, yes, Klompo is back from suspension, Musa Labusa, Dennis Onyango um, back and rested, and Tembazwane, there's lots of news that he is back with his presence being felt. Uh, Tapelo Morena, these players, are they back with the bang? And you see, these are key players for multi Sundowns, especially um, um, I remember one time I was also speaking to Bafana um, Bafana coach. Um, in fact, also I was also speaking to the assistant coach Mamuamuti as well um, about the absence of Mshishi. Mm-hmm. And not only has it been felt at Sundowns, but at Bafana as well. If mm-hmm. you go to Bafana Bafana's game against uh, Ghana, um, because one of the things we were struggling there was a, a, a ball possession. Um, and also a ball retention as well, and also um, ball circulation. And those are the areas where Mshishi is excelling. And it is not by mistake uh, that Mshishi um, was also one of the players who had been shortlisted for the Kef Interclub uh, Player of the Year. Yes. It's, it's because of, of, of what he offers at this level. And when mm-hmm. you've got someone like Mshishi, you also have someone like uh, Serino as well, your midfield in terms of the attack is complete. So in this case, 
Um, for for me, these are the players that Sundowns needs, and also um, this is their second uh, last game this year um, in the Kef Champions League. A draw, which would mean four points, mm-hmm. will keep them at the top in this competition. We're talking about tough players here uh, th- that you said are missed but are back in the fold for sundowns as they go into this tough one. But wouldn't you agree, Velila, that their group is a tough one? Widem, USM Alger and Petro de Luanda uh, from the first round of matches in the group. Would you say or is it safe to say that Downs are favourites to go on top of this one? I think after this weekend, I can uh, comment. <laughs> I, I, I can comment after this, after this weekend. But uh, when it comes to African football um, and how uh, Peter has also uh, preferred it, if you go back even the year that Sundowns uh, won their maiden Champions League title, uh, a home record is very important because uh, a successful home run, which would be a 100% record, uh, will give you nine points at home. And uh, you win away from home, you're on 13 points. 13 points surely takes you through. But because now uh, they've also introduced the quarterfinals, uh, it would also mean that you need to top your group so that going to the draw for the last eight, you are seated mm-hmm. and you avoid the other big guns. So <clears throat> in this case, Sundowns, I'm sure, uh, they are going for the, 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 the top eight. Uh, in fact, they are, they are going for the for the top spot to make sure that they are seated uh, in in the quarterfinals. So, a hundred percent winning record at home and maybe a win and a draw away will do for them. Um, I'm going to hold you to that. So we check in again with you over the weekend. But before I let you go, Velile, I need to ask you about a story that you filed today. You're always on the pulse of breaking sports news, but particularly Safa, who are expected a loss of 74 million rand at their AGM. And what has led to this and what is the turnaround strategy? I, I think it's not really surprising uh, in fact, some of us were expecting even more, wow. especially when you consider that uh, they are... More than yeah. 74 million rand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you consider that they are financially in um, 30th June, and from that time, that's when they had no broadcast deal. Mm-hmm. And the, the broadcast deal, because people need to understand that SAFA is an amateur organization. And besides the sponsorship... Um, globally now in football, in terms of revenue, uh, most of the revenue comes from the TV rights. Mm. And in that period, they didn't have uh, the TV rights. They just had the TV rights now. So does that change in the new fiscal in March 2020? It will will change uh, in the next financial year. Is that Uh, March or or would it be May after the league ends and the new one resumes? um, Look, the the current deal was signed only last month. Mm-hmm. Um, so already now they are in the new financial year, which started on the 1st of July. Okay. Um, so whatever happens, it will impact uh, on this financial year that is ending on the, the 30th of June 2020. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, what was more interesting today in terms of the turnaround strategy, and I'm waiting to see how they're going to implement this. First, it's, it's got to be passed by the Congress this coming Sunday, uh, because it could be a game changer. It's a potential game changer, but People have to buy into it first and see if uh, it's feasible uh, to do. Uh, it's to see them having all their members. They have got more than 3.2 million members in mm-hmm. terms of players, referees, and coaches. So if each and every one of them uh, has a subscription of 100 rands, 
that takes them over 300 million rands. So if they can be able to fully implement that, then that will be a game changer. Plus also, uh, I think the deal that they've signed with our company, SADC as well, um, has got a potential to, to do a lot of good for them going forward, mm-hmm. especially if they effectively use the value in kind in terms of sourcing sponsorships and also taking along with SADC Definitely. To, to open new avenues. Definitely. Velile, that's where we leave it. Thank you very much for joining us on Sport On. Vilile Mbuli is SABC a journalist, as you can see, the encyclopedia of breaking news when it comes to sport. And that takes us to 8 o'clock on the dot. It's a wrap from me, Romy Titus. It's been really good keeping the seat warm. Tabiso Musia is back again tomorrow. For me, Romy, till next time, cheerio.